Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly imaginary radio show dedicated to celebrating the two beautiful-to-live radio shows slash podcast. On Monday mornings, we give you a recap of the previous week's shows, but now it's Saturday where we relax, stretch out, and have a guest on to talk about their relationship with TBTL, play their favorite segment from show history, and hash it over. I can't do the show all by myself, so producer Bobby Pape, who, as we speak, is on a flight back to Providence, Rhode Island, he will edit, and as always, I'm joined on the air by the most perfect 10, the lovely Christy Wise. Hello, C. Wise. Hello, Mike. How are you today? Well, I'm doing fantastic, nice lady. Um, we <laughs> have a lot to get into tonight, so let me just set the table for everyone. Of course, we have a couple things that we must discuss, um, mostly fun stuff. And we have a guest tonight. His, his name is Michael Clark. He'll be joining us soon. His uh, TBTL history clip is the I Love You Chunk Crush notes from back in the radio days, uh, Luke and Jen and uh, Sean and a guest. So I'll also let you know how to get involved with the show. And Christy will have a little bit of housekeeping at the end. But first, the two things that we must discuss, Christy, uh, extreme, extreme FOMO on my part, extreme FOMO on a lot of people's <laughs> parts about uh, Bobby Pape's visit. We all wanted to go. We all wanted to be there, but only those of you in the Seattle area were able to see the man. Um, tell me, uh, how did you find Bobby last week? And especially, I mean, y'all took him out on Sunday night, and and it was a it seemed like a big extravaganza there at the Savage Moose. Yes, the Savage Moose. Well, what's really funny is I have decided that I'm exactly opposite of Luke in that I overestimate how many people are going to be there. I actually told the server when we first walked in, there's going to be about 20 to 40 of us and we are 40. all going to want drinks <laughs> and we're all going to want small plates. And um, mm. as J Jeremy said, this might, you, I think you probably, she thinks this is going to be the best night of her life and, and we're, you know, about tips. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and 40 then, might have been pretty generous. Uh, yeah. Closer to they talked me 15, down. maybe? Yeah, they talked me down, <laughs> and then I set a new lower expectation. The Savage Moose is not what I thought it would be. Yeah. It's pretty, um, It's actually uh, pretty great, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, It's huge inside. I, Bobby and I went in there in the middle of the afternoon, and it was, what struck me is there's a lot of room in there. It's not like you think uh, – like a dive bar, it's going to be like cramped and crowded, low ceilings and, yeah. you know, people hunched over the bar. But it's pretty spread out and chill. Yeah, definitely. And they have ski ball, so you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Hey, you said um, you said before we started recording that you had a, a story about Ellie. You guys went over to uh, a barbecue at Will's house on Saturday, yes. you and, and Jeremy and Pape. Mm -hmm. um, Ellie was tagging along? Yes. So she loves to swim. So she could not get enough. She was paddle boarding. She was on a kayak, all the sort of things that um, Will has at his house. He, he's a two kayak family over there. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and she was doing that and she ran up the stairs. I don't remember what she was going to get. And he has these um, cement stairs that go up to the house in the yard. And 
she fell and slipped and just scraped her shin on on one of the stairs. And so that that was a big to do. Will got her a mm. band aid, and then when she was but she all, recovered, she was all right. Yeah, she she was okay. But um, so I was nursing her back, and then she decided she wanted to go back in the water. But she said, "I need to speak to the owner of this house." And I, Goodness. of course, thought that was adorable. So I said, all right, let's go get him. So we go. I already know what she's going to ask him. I already know. <laughs> she first said. Will? Yeah, she goes. What don't you know how to do? <laughs> Apparently, it's build safe stairs. So she first oh. said, I need to know if this Band-Aid is waterproof. And he said, mm-hmm. yes. And she said, next, I need to know. Why did you choose to make unsafe stairs? Oh, God. And he said, I didn't make those. The jerk that lived here before made those. And next time you come, they will be different. And she goes, she just looked at him, you know, looks down her nose and she goes, okay, then. And then jumped into the water. (laughs) Well, you know, she had a point to make. but You got to do your business before you have your fun. Ellie (laughs) works as hard as she parties. (laughs) That's very true. But what four-year-old talks like that? I need to speak to the owner of this home. <laughs> uh, Christy, she she's dead serious about everything. That girl doesn't do anything halfway. <laughs> That's very true. I mean, I get interrogated every damn time we get on this. She's not there tonight, so I was spared. And, and I mean, she has me sweating with a lot of those questions. I can't figure out. I mean, she has a future as a detective because... She breaks me every time I confess. Yeah, oh, she was so, pretty much the star of the party when people would ask her, what doesn't she know how to do? Her answer, <laughs> ah, good, nothing. I'm glad that came home to roost on her. Yeah, she always says, nothing. I know how to do everything. Oh, God, of course. You don't figure out until later you, when you're an adult that you don't know how to do right. anything. Anything, right. <laughs> well, the other thing I just want to mention before we uh, get on with the guest um, I got a nice birthday card from everyone at, uh, which, which event was that now? I'm losing track. I know, there's so many, we have so many fan events. Um, it, it was, was the, it was the, the Irishman. Irishman. Yep. It was the Irishman. So I got this card and there was a visual representation of me all pumped up, um, from prison and there, <laughs> it was, it was signed by, looked like maybe 20, um, very young elementary school children or drunks. <laughs> it was about 20 to 40 of your biggest fans were at the yeah. Irishman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and thanks for the card. I really appreciate it. Maggie mailed it to me. I'm, I'm sure Maggie was behind the whole thing. She's a sweetheart. Thank you, darling. Really appreciate it. All right. Enough of all that boring stuff. Let's get to why we came here. We have a guest tonight uh, all the way from Alaska. His name is Michael Clark. He is a longtime 10, and he's taken us back all the way to the radio days. This is when I throw it to Christy. Christy, uh, put him through the ringer. Let's okay. find all, uh, all about Michael Clark. Okay. Hello, Michael Clark. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Um, what was your first TVTL episode, if you remember it? You know, I don't know if I can remember the specific episode, but I remember being in Korea and teaching and needing something English in my life. For me, it was uh, probably March of that first year and um, saw it on the uh, iTunes store. 
and started listening to it. I actually thought it was a pretty popular program in Seattle and come to find out literally had tens of <laughs> listeners. <laughs> and that's, I just, I fell in love with it because uh, I would listen to it in the morning when I got ready for work. Christy, this is the second week in a row we've had someone on who's just picked it up off of iTunes with like yeah. no context for it at all, except you just, you saw the logo in the description and you, and you wanted some English in your ears and you just went for it. That's right. And it was, I found it to be like a good break in, in, in my morning. And then it ended up being my hiking companion and my bus ride companion when I went mm. to uh, Seoul on the weekends. What, why did you live in Korea? Well, I taught at a, English Language Academy there for four years. Okay. So I've taught in a few different places and um, happened to be in Korea for a few years. Um, so did you ever live in Seattle? I did. I'm a graduate of Pacific okay. Lutheran University. I lived in the greater Puget Sound area. Loyal C uh, Seattle sports fan. So did you find that that kind of helped hook you in as you knew the places and the and the landmarks that they would talk about? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of the great things about TBTL and listening to it overseas is that it keeps you plugged into what's going on, um, not only in the Northwest, but throughout the country and the dialogue that's going, the social commentary that's going on. And mm -hmm. I, I just felt like I wasn't missing anything because they covered a whole range of topics. Um, let's see. So what was your favorite episode that really got you, I mean, not necessarily your favorite segment, which we're going to talk about, but the episode that hooked you, that you knew that you were going to be a 10. That, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> part of the problem is, you know, having these guys and Jen in your ear for, uh, what is it like now, eight years or so, and to, you know, limit it to one, one time. I, I know that you don't like it when people do this, but you know, when I had been given to answer one of my questions, that was kind of a big, you know, okay, I'm definitely a 10 now. Yeah, I noticed that the, the thing about Ben Gibbard, you wrote in to ask him his experience touring overseas. Was that, were you asking it like in reference to Asia? Yeah, so my friends and I went to this uh, festival in, in Seoul, South Korea, and we watched a whole bunch of metal bands just so we could see Death Cab play. And it was actually... Uh, Marilyn Manson that was the headliner. We didn't stick around for him. And they played like two or three songs <laughs> and then they were done. Really? Yeah. Oh. But uh, we were so happy to to be there in the rain and all squinty happy. We were over the moon. And uh, and then when he came on T V T L and I could ask a question or it got it got played, that was uh, definitely a personal, you know, anytime that you were able to get on, it's a, uh, right. It's a plus. Was that the first time you'd gotten, you'd gotten on with anything with questions or emails or anything? Oh, I've been on, uh, probably a half dozen times, <laughs> but can you, can you can remember them all? Rattle yeah. them off. Yeah. Um, yeah. so one of the most, uh, one of the questions I had was whether or not, um, excessive breastfeeding was a deal breaker. Because my uh, the girl I was dating at the time, she said she was going to breastfeed and, until the kid was five or six. And Jen's advice was, uh, you know, you know what you're getting into, basically. So um, mm -hmm. you have to decide uh, if that's what you agree to and live with it if you make that choice. And then it uh, went on to talk about. Well, it. let me let me follow up on that. How did that even come up? 
with the with the gal. Well, she yeah. she um she was from a very conservative uh family, kind of the the homeschool Christian fundamentalist route. And I knew I I was trying to head off some of the things before we ran into them, like homeschooling and whatnot, mm-hmm. and have those conversations. And she didn't think there was anything weird about this couple that or this lady that was breastfeeding a four year old. And I and then that sparked the discussion. Mm-hmm. I really uh, any needless to say we <laughs> we went our separate ways. Yeah. Do you think yeah. she followed up on that? Uh, she's not procreating yet, but. Uh, Oh, okay. She, I'm sure she's going to. <laughs> oh, so what? What else? What other times did you get on? The dates with Kate. Um, it was actually kind of a sharp shot on that one because I said that there was a progression with with the online dating. I had um, had an OKCupid account and was dating or doing the online dating thing, and I found that it it sort of progressed from, you know, uh, chatting. Or, or sending a message, then chatting, and then Facebook friends, and then we'd meet in person. And and mm. Kate, uh, she was she said that that's not how it happens at all. It's usually you go from a few messages to the date. So mm-hmm. I was clearly doing something wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say that, but you know, uh, date Kate has not found her dream man yet. So maybe everybody's doing it wrong. You, yeah, I'm just not sure yet. I think everybody has their own style on that thing you know she wants to get right to it to see if it's worth anything but yeah i'm kind of like you i would like to know a person a decent bit before i'm gonna go face them you know in a Mm -hmm. in that kind of situation i don't know but everybody's built different so so what else did you get on there was another 10 in korea it's actually the only 10 i've hung out with except for the 11s that i've made into 10s and uh, uh catherine Kaczynski, who has been on, has been to other TVTL events, and I think she's going to law school somewhere on the West Coast now, but she and I got together a few times, and we had the Chateau Saint-Michel wine tasting event, and we actually found the wine, similarly to that guy a few few months ago had found um, Chateau Saint-Michel in Korea. And uh, there's actually a fair amount of tens now there in Korea now. But when I was there, there was just two of us. How did you find out about each other? They just they heard your letter on the show, or you heard something they did that made it on the show? Yeah, actually, I think uh, um, Jen actually gave us each other's contact information. Sounds about right. <laughs> Jen was saying, "Oh, you guys are both in Korea." And, um, it was uh, such a awesome meeting too because it's like having mutual friends and you just sit and talk about for two hours about your mutual friends and we just we just had the greatest time we were, we were walking through a museum i don't think we looked at it, any of the exhibits that's really charming that's it awesome is. so i would like to know um why does tbtl matter to you tbtl is one of those um for me it's it's kind of in the in the chamber of my life because I, I don't I don't share with people that like I'm hooked to a podcast and uh, mm-hmm. certainly like after a while people get to know me they know that I'm listening to this show and I've had my brother to you know girlfriends say like what is what is this TBTL doing on my iPhone or my computer or whatever <laughs> I download it on everything and 
um, that you know some hey, it's of them, better than better than Ashley Madison being on your on your phone when your girlfriend right. or wife looks. And uh, I've had friends make fun of me because I had the poster on my wall for a while, and I know they've listened to a few shows because they've referenced things, and so that's that's pretty funny. But generally, I don't keep it. I don't put it out there because I want. Um, you know all the great one-liners that that Luke and <laughs> them say. I don't. I want them to think that I said it. I, I hear don't, you. That's great. I don't give any attributes to uh, Luke. <laughs> and Luke's got some great one-liners. I remember. Actually, I don't know. I can't say the episode that he said it. He's he was talking about. Um, he's like he said. I'm the only person with a do resuscitate will. And he said, I want you to put ESPN on and every once in a while have a stripper come in and give me a shot of vodka or something like that. And I thought that was hilarious. I mean, that was that was years ago that he said he, that. But he actually he's a person that doesn't want people to move on from his death. Yeah. Yeah. He, right. he wants them to be to be mourning him forever, missing him every day forever. Like the rest of us are like. Gosh, you know, I hope everyone has a nice life after I'm done. He's on. like, no, mourn me. <laughs> um, I've been wanting to have you on, Michael, too, because you have an interesting job that sort of dovetails with some of my history. You are an education coordinator at a state prison in Alaska. How did you get that job? I mean, you go from Korea to Alaska, still working in education, but now you went from a, a private school to a uh, state prison. How does that happen? So I taught uh, children for eight years um, in a few different places. I taught in Morocco and I taught in Tacoma as well as up here in Alaska, but four years in Korea. And I wanted to get closer to family. So I uh, did a search for a job in Alaska and it was a 40% ESL position. And the other part was, you know, pretty much coordinating other programming, teaching like cognitive, cognitive behavioral type classes. And uh, I took I took the position. Actually, had an interview in the middle of the night in my underwear in Korea, when I was in Korea, and they, I got it. It was over the phone. So um, <laughs> I uh, took a job at the maximum security prison here in Alaska. And I worked with men for the la uh, for two years, and then I transferred a year ago this week, and now I work at a women's prison. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. What your opinion of Orange is the New Black is? Yes. And did you listen to my episode about it? And did you listen to the guys talk about it? You know, I I have listened to most of your guys's commentary, and for that, I really didn't feel like I needed to watch it because I, <laughs> I sort of live it uh, in a way. Yeah, there's so much. You sure do. Um, I can tell you, Mike. There's so much more drama at the women's facility. Oh. In terms of just mm -hmm. like, it's like a hyper feminine um, attributes are just like very catty and stuff. And I'm not trying to sound sexist. It's just comes with the territory. It's like your relationships are very important. And you know, on the, in the men's end, you have what we call security threat groups, mm -hmm. um, e.g. gangs. And they, they have their own kind of dynamic. But with the women, it, their status is uh, determined by who they're friends with and who they're in relationships with. And that's that's kind of what I took from your guys's uh, conversation about it. So I haven't watched it. Well, I haven't seen the new season of it. I'm definitely going to. But it, um, yeah. I mean, you would be in a way better position to comment on it than I was, you know, because I was just commenting off of, you know, federal prison experience 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago at this point. But um, 
But yeah, if you do watch it, uh, send me an email and yes, let me know what definitely you think. do. What I will, there are some things just generally that I was really surprised by working in the women's prison, and that's how many ladies are gay for the stay, and they're mm. totally heterosexual from what I could tell, but then they're in relationships, and a lot of them are like, you know, because of the power dynamic, they come in and maybe they're they're a little scared or they they feel vulnerable and they they um find a partner not necessarily sexual but they they're mm-hmm. in these relationships with a a stronger female and uh that was really surprising i had no idea how many people chose to do that well you use the the term gay for stay and and that is something that happens in men's prison to a certain extent, there are, you know, there's a small percentage of guys that just, you know, they they don't want to turn off the sex when they go to prison, and they weren't gay beforehand, and they're probably not going to be gay afterward, but their sex drive is such, and they, they make a choice to, um, to have sex with other men in prison, but from what you're saying, this is like really a lot more common than Very, in, among well, it's women. Well, so much more apparent than in the men's prison. I think they okay. hide it. Whereas in the women's right. prison, they're out, they're holding hands and they're coddling each other, and so mm-hmm. um, more, much more open about being in relationships with others. And then they get out, and they're back to their. Right. Uh, well, I, Michael, I have one more follow up. I hope it's not rude, Christy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm taking up time with no, this non TVTL no, like, business. No, good but, questions. But the the prison break in New York that was a, a maximum security state joint and those two guys managed to get out by corrupting mainly just corrupting a woman who worked there and I can't forget whether it was a wood shop or something like that yeah but mm-hmm. but uh, do you get approached have you ever been approached for um, sex with inmates and what what do you do do you just turn it down do you report them what happens or do you yeah, go you yeah. <laughs> hey, Christy, I wasn't offering that See, as an option because that would that would be an immediate termination. Actually, it's against the law yeah. here, so I would I would probably mm. have a state trooper at my door tomorrow. Oh, but, definitely, because you're a you're a person in a position of power, and it's yeah, it's like it's one of the worst things you can do. You gotta have. Well, I asked because view. I'm I'm current on the season of Orange Is the New Black, so <laughs> that's definitely a storyline. Are there education coordinators getting tangled in in some bad stuff? Um, no guards. Oh, guards, yeah, yeah. There, guards, I yeah. mean, I don't know. I can't. I'm not speaking officially for the state right now in my capacity for the <laughs> state, but there's been a fair amount. I've actually had friends that have been fired for relationships with inmates. And mm. um, it's so shocking that it happens because there is, and Mike, you probably know this, there's kind of this uh, us and them kind of teams, you know, there's like the staff right. team. In, the, and in men's prison. Inmate yeah. team. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've had, definitely had women be fresh with me. Um, nobody's come right out and solicited anything from me, but it, it's, I have to be really clear about my boundaries because I am a man mm-hmm. and tell and i have to document everything so i have to tell them you know that's inappropriate and then of course i always have uh make sure there's other people around um that doors are open you know that um, i'm in the side of cameras and things like that so i try to um you know try to be as transparent as possible if if you know if i do say something that um is 
a little smart or a little, um, I won't say fresh, but maybe comes across as flirty, then I report it myself. So, <laughs> which is funny because, you know, inmates, their whole culture is like, they don't tell on each other. They don't, surely yeah. don't tell on right. themselves. So. All right. Well, Chrissy, I'm sorry I took it so dark there for a minute. Did... No, I like it. Okay. Well, the clip uh, that we're going to talk about is from the early days of the radio. There was a um, a girl who used to come on quite a bit. She was a big fixture, uh, Nikki with two Ks. Uh, she had sent, she had recently sent a crush note or given a crush note to Sean DeTore, the um, engineer, and they had gone out on a date and they're, they're friends in the aftermath of this crush note. And they found out, uh, Luke and Jennifer found out that Nikki with two Ks had been sending crush notes for several years, and here is the clip. EDTO is like a, a zen thing. Methamphetamines, the worst sunburn you'll ever have. Taffy Pipers, the baby's got a tummy ache. Slinky Pies, dinosaur cheerleaders, hairstyles for hobos, smokable graham crackers. Hey, I found some change in the sofa. A hopeless sandwich with a despair pickle on the side. Dentures for crocodiles, pilgrim food, tummy tumblers, tie-dyed lobster bibs. Cut. God! Welcome to our number two of TBTL on this Monday night. I'm Luke Burbank. Flanked by longtime producer Jen Flash Andrews. We've got Sean DeTori here. So glad that you're all joining us from Radio Land or iTunes or the Zunes or uh, wherever you're time banditing us from. We hope you're doing just fine as you hear this. Um, we have a segment on the show called. I love your jokes. You know what I've noticed? Uh, a lot of people, and I did this too, a lot of people think that Sloth's name is Chunk. Oh, no. Because he looks, he's odd looking, and because he says constantly throughout the movie Goonies. I love your chunks. But he's, his name's Sloth. He loves, yeah. he loves somebody else who's named Chunk. There was just uh, something the other day. Oh, on Top Chef, he kept one of the people got who got matched up with, you know the guy who came back with from the Top Chef All-Stars, which mm-hmm. I put... I put in the most heavy air quotes I can. Since none of them actually won or even right. came in in, like, the top three. They were the ones who didn't have a more pressing engagement. You know that one guy who looks – he looks very special. He does not seem like he knows what's going on very much of the time. He's, like, really roly-poly yeah. from, like, New York or something. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a Yankees hat. Well, whoever had to face off with him, what did they have to make? I forget Super Bowl what the, food? Yeah, but I forget what their specific team was. But anyway, the person who was squaring off with him kept calling him Chunk throughout <laughs> as a sort of wicked burn. But what they really were trying to say was sloth. Yeah. But they were thinking, I love you, Chunk. Well, Chunk was also eating candy bars the entire movie. Yeah, Chunk wasn't exactly – he, was no, he was no prize. <laughs> but I, I know that guy, the guy that I'm thinking of, the chef that I'm thinking of, he kind of looked like sloth. Oh. A little more hair than sloth, just a little. And uh, so anyway, this is a common misconception that that guy's name is Chunk. It's not. It's Sloth. This is him I love your chunk. saying that he loves a character named Chunk, uh, much like many of our listeners love uh, obscure behaviors, uh, uh, TV shows, uh, inexplicable um, ways of uh, of trying to get rid of garbage. These are all things that have been uh, the, the merits of which have been have been praised 
Uh, that doesn't even make sense. The merit you couldn't praise the merits. Sometimes the combination of tiredness and not paying attention really comes crashing down on me when I'm trying to talk on a show. We have people that have come on to defend all kinds of bizarre behavior, and uh, and, uh, the, and try to convert other people yeah, to the behavior. Yeah, and 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 tonight is no exception. Uh, here for our "I Love You Chunk" segment is our old friend Nikki with two Ks. Hi, Nikki. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm doing really well. Yeah. How are you? Good. How's uh, B Ridge, Colorado? It's good. It's cold. You know, it's not actually that cold. It was pretty warm today. How's I, Seattle? Cold? Warm? Uh, it's cold. It's clear and cold. The the rub in this town, I think, during the winter time is that when you get a nice clear day, then that means it's gonna be, it's gonna be wicked cold. And when it's uh, you know gray and and horrible outside in terms of the looks of it, then it's it's usually not that cold. It's like fifty or sixty. Now, I, I just want to say really quickly before we get to your uh, – um, I want to make sure everyone knows that you kicked so much butt at this marathon in Phoenix that you did that I and the colonel did the half marathon of. You did it in three hours and 45 minutes. That's insane. Oh, yeah. I I don't think it's all that insane. You well, know, and I think it was being up in the mountains gave me that advantage. Well, here's the thing. The, Nikki was training for this marathon in snow, running in snowshoes in the snow and at 10,000 feet. So when she came down to the earth levels like the rest of us, she would, it was nuts. And, and, and we didn't really talk about that very much on the show. In fact, we didn't get to do like a recap the way that we did after the, the other one. So I just want the world to know. I want the world to know that you did an amazing job. Oh, thanks. That's nice. Thank um, you. All right, so you're here to talk to us about the um, about the wonderful world of Crush Notes. Uh-huh. Now, this is how we first met you, because you wrote one to our own Sean DeTore. Right. Sean, how do you feel How do you feel hearing that, in fact, this is a, just kind of Nikki's M.O.? <laughs> you, were just a, you were just another beautiful face. Just another uh, mark in that belt. Yeah, exactly. Notch, Notch. in that Crush belt. Um, well, I still feel pretty darn special. Oh, good. Yeah. Hi, Nikki, by the way. Hi, Sean. It's been a while. I need to give you a call. I know, right? Yeah. So, Nikki, um, how many crush notes have you written in your life, you think? Written or, okay. or, or emailed? It doesn't have to necessarily just be written down by, by hand. It could be the electronic version. Right. Does she have to include, like, elementary school? No, let's say after the age of 18, because when you're out of school, that's when it starts to become, you know, not the norm in terms of adult behavior. <laughs> right. Um. I told Jen, I think I overstated. I said a dozen, but that's not true. I actually spent some time to think through it. And I think I've written about six, like, legit, I spent some time writing them, thinking through them, crush notes. In the, <laughs> in the last, like, three years or so. What's the most recent crush note that you wrote for someone? I wrote one on Christmas Day to a ski patroller. <laughs> which... Which I have here. I thought I, I thought I should like dig them up because now I'm starting to collect them. Yeah. No, I don't have the one I wrote, Sean, which I think is still my best. Sean has it. I have that one. Oh, Do you have it good. with you? No, I didn't realize we were going to be doing this. Uh, but isn't it? Is it an email or something? No, it's 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 beautiful. It's something that she hand wrote and, and drew. Uh, oh, you know what? That was the second component of the crush note. Because the crush uh, note, the first one, she emailed me. I never. Right. I don't know if I saw that one then. Yeah. I might have. But that one Luke read on the air, and that one was, I'm not going to lie, that was real good. <laughs> you loved you loved that one. You loved that yourself, Chunk, basically. <laughs> I spent like three hours at work one day writing that email. 
All right, so what's the most recent one you wrote to a ski patroller? This was just a feller that you worked with? Yeah, well, see, you know, I think a function of the crush note is that I didn't even know the guy, like, really at all. I, I think we had exchanged pleasantries, like, twice. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of cute, even though I can only see, like, hardly any of him because he's, like, covered up in ski patrolness. You're really taking a chance because he could have no mouth, like, <laughs> from Poltergeist. It's the second. That's two weeks in a row I've made that reference. Clearly, it's somewhere in the recesses of my mind. I'm afraid of that happening to my next child or something. So you, but, you liked this guy, and you didn't really know him, but what did you write in the note? Okay. Well, wait. I just have to expand on this a tiny right. bit more. All right. I think it's not necessarily, like, actually wanting anything to, like, develop or, like, you know, I don't know. It's it's that That's not necessarily the point. The point, I like just getting really scared and I like, like, the unpredictability element of, like, introducing another human being into my game. And Your so, game? So, oh. You're yeah. calling it a game. Well. I am unstoppable. <laughs> That's terrible. No, no. It's a game? You're just it. toying with people? No. No. No, it's that, it's like, it can't have that much significance because I don't actually know. Like, I didn't actually really know Sean. Like, mm -hmm. I'd listened to him and been like, oh, he's cute and funny. But I don't. I didn't really know him. So. Which is true. Mm -hmm. Those it's are both like, true. It's just right. like an introduction that has the added element of a crush. You know what it is? It's like you're putting a fun message in a bottle, but instead of there being a like point zero 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 one percent chance that it will wash up in Fiji and then the person will like send you a return one, it's like a little better. It's like a five percent chance that the ski patroller that found the message. But it's that same expectation, right? It's that same kind of potential that you're putting out into the universe. Right, exactly. And it's so fun to be like, oh, my gosh, how are they going to respond to it? But then what if it's a person like this that you have to see again? So, I mean, it's it's one thing to just give a crush note to somebody at the airport who's getting on a flight to a state you don't even live in. It's another thing just with someone you have to go see three days a week. Right. There is that risk. <laughs> but... I'm willing to take it. <laughs> and that's what is great about you. I, mean, I love your jokes. It's very brave. I love it. That is pretty gutsy. You're definitely messing up the kind of, uh, you know, the, uh, the the homeostasis of, like, the workplace or whatever. All right. So, 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 uh, so what was in this, uh, what was in this most recent crush note that you wrote? Okay. So just one more tiny thing. I just have taken to writing shorter and shorter crush notes. Just, like, getting to the point. So this last one said, okay, wait, I have to change his name. No, I don't. He won't. No, no one cares. Okay. So it said, dear Ian. <laughs> dear Ian. <laughs> dear Ian, I have a tiny crush on you, which perhaps goes unfounded, given I barely know you and have only seen 5% of your body. <laughs> but you should be flattered because I'm worthwhile. Heart Nikki. <laughs> Did you hand deliver that? Yeah. So then, get this. On so skis? <laughs> Did you so shoosh we like, up to him? <laughs> no, like, okay, it was Christmas Day, so I was feeling sort of, like, jovial and, like, celebratory, like, our Lord and Savior's birthday. Yeah. And so he was, like, making coffee. He was famous and, for crush notes, by the way, Jesus. <laughs> right. Right, it seemed appropriate. And um, I was, like, in the patrol hut, like I am, and um, he was making coffee, and I was like, oh, I'm so nervous, and I had the note in my hand. And it was all crumpled up and sweaty, and I was afraid the ink was going to run. But then I remembered I used a Sharpie. So <laughs> I wasn't that stressed out. But then I, like, walked up to him, and I was like, Ian, 
And he was like, yeah. And he totally doesn't know who I mean, he barely knew who I was. And I was like, I have this tiny crush. No, wait, shoot. No, I didn't say that. I said, I have this tiny note, but it has really sensitive information in it, so I'd appreciate it if you would read it after I leave. And he said, okay. And I think he was kind of freaked out. Yeah. I was okay. Yeah. Because it almost sounds like you're robbing a bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, so, I just, so then I just handed it to him. And then I walked away, and then I was like, "Oh, geez!" But that's like what makes it so fun. Yeah. What's the what? What is the aftermath of this note? Well, then, okay. So then, well, just specific to that day, I came back in a few hours later, and I was like, "Hey, Ian, did you read my note?" And he was like, "No." And I was like, "Okay, that's absolutely not true because if anyone hands you a note that says this has sensitive information, you're going to read it." And if he didn't read it, then. That's not somebody you would ever want to actually go any further than the crush with. Right. But then he said, no, you're right. I lied. I read it. So he's a liar. <laughs> right. You guys make a perfect pair. You play games. He's a liar. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, at that moment, then like a flock of a flock of patrol folks walked in. So then there could be no discussion about it. So then I had to go a whole week of like being like, What's up? What happened? What did he think? But then we kind of started hanging out. So I win. Wow, it worked. Yeah. But do you really want, I mean, do you actually want it to work? Because what I wonder is, is this really about the other person or is this more for you than for the them? The little thrill. Yeah. You know, that's actually what I'm facing at the moment is that it is problematic beyond like, it's like achieving the success of them not being freaked out. Is like as far as I've like thought through it, mm-hmm. and then dealing with what's beyond that is what I'm dealing with now, which is kind of messy. Them getting hung up on you because here's the problem: crush notes in adult life are so unbelievably rare. Like if somebody walked up and handed me a crush note, I would be so knocked over by it because it just happens. It's it's it just never happens that it it feels like it's an Audrey Hepburn movie or something to them. It feels like. This must mean something big is going on. And you're like, no, it means exactly what it is, which is that I like seeing the 5% of you that I see under your ski equipment, right? Like if they are interested, if they actually are like, yes, I'm going to go with this. For them, this could be the the first day of the rest of their life as your, you know, husband or something. But for you, it's just a crush note. Well, okay, you that gets into like the philosophies of relationships because I think people should allow themselves that time of like, okay, I'm going to hang out with this person, and then it's okay to hang out and then be, like, not into it, and then be like, see ya. I think that's allowed. I think I think by yeah. Yeah. sure that – so that's kind of what I'm dealing with now is, like – But, it's, but are these I mean, people – The crush note is just so – it's so dramatic. That's what I'm trying to say. It's such a dramatic gesture. It that starts then, it really high. Yeah, then yeah. for, like, yeah. a month later for you to be like, well – I'm not really interested in in hanging out with you that way anymore. They're like, but there was the crush note. Like to them, this feels like this was the most dramatic thing that could ever happen. That's fair. But it sounds like you're not here so much to defend crush notes as to talk about what a bad idea they are. No. Is this? Did you? Were you trying to get booked on our "I Hate You" chunk segment? <laughs> no, I want everyone to write crush notes as often as possible. Yeah, because it's wonderfully whimsical. Yeah. As long as people don't get hurt on the other side of it. You know, the thing, yeah, but the significance of it can't—it can't be. This is like what I've argued many times: is that it can't be that significant if you hardly know the person. It's like just like tipping your hat, like acknowledging that, like 
I am compelled by you. I see you. Yeah, but there's a person that we work with here who shall remain nameless who has a tattoo that is based on a story this person created in their mind after walking across the street and catching the eye of someone else in the crosswalk and thinking about that other person for years and a life they might have had with that other person and this tattoo which is tied into that whole story that's based off of a glance i mean in fact i think most people would say the best part of any relationship is the first time you see that person in the elevator or the first time there's any kind of, of flirtation the almost the more mild and the more uh kind of the the, the 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 you know the better it is and so what you're doing with the crush note is the is the essence of that it's all potential at that point which is right. the best part. So yeah. it kind of seems like you can only go downhill. Yeah. That's okay. That's fair. Although I still think people should write them frequently. <laughs> now, now, now would let take me through some of the other, you said you think you've written six. Okay. So Sean's one ski patroller. And now it's getting messy with his two. Who, yeah. Who, who I found else? another one. So when I was a barista at, in hmm. Seattle, um, we had like, we called them crushed immers. <laughs> I, I didn't make up that that phrase. I wish I could claim that as my own. But um, so what? This one was the worst. This one to this guy. He was a fireman, fireman John, and um, this one like really freaked him out, and he never came back. So so they can't backfire. I'll hmm. say that he never came back to the coffee shop you worked at because no. No, because see what happened is is that I had thought I was going to move away, so I thought you know I like was drinking a little wine by myself, and mm-hmm. I thought I need to make sure. It's like this part of me just wants to make sure people know that they're being watched and seen and appreciated, mm-hmm. and that is what I was feeling this evening towards Fireman John, which is generally like what like prompts me to ever write a crush note in the first place. Right, and so I wrote him a note, and I was like explaining how the discount he is given is relative to how much any given barista crushes upon him because his drink is always a different price <laughs> and he'd like be really confused like why is my drink a dollar and eight cents and it's like a giant vanilla latte with like all this stuff in it all know? right well if you've laid out two crushes crush notes that have one in which the person was maybe too receptive to it and the other in which the person was maybe not the right amount of receptive in fact was scared by it is there can you point to one that hit the right exact note i think Tone? sean sean can you back me up because sean and i are now good buddies sean right? detori uh-huh that's who you're talking about yeah oh so that's the, that was well, the perfect good. the perfect amount yeah that it, w- go ahead and and i and now i'm friends with you guys and I'm talking on your show, all because the crush note. And I think it turned it out, turned out okay. I mean, you know, we kind of hung out for a while. Um, now, but 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 Sean, I mean, would you would where were like what would your what was your expectation? I mean, I don't want to make it awkward, but like when you get a what's the feeling like when you get a crush note from someone? Well, it was kind of like how you <clears throat> were describing it earlier. It was just like this whoa moment, like what the and. Um, so my expectation, I suppose just the built-in expectation upon receiving, you know, said crush note is you kind of expect maybe, well, to hang out for sure and then maybe have something happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like um, 
just something romantic or whatnot. Yeah, because the person is starting the relationship by saying, I already like you. Right. And well, so, and then for you guys to go on your date to the Fred Meyer Garden area. Which was awesome. Which was awesome. That's awesome. But, and so there, but there came a point when we talked about some things and kind of settled, you know, our debts or whatever, if, however you want to describe it. Yeah. And we, 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 uh, we were on different pages, and we finally got on the same page. And Nikki uh, wanted to be allowed to write crush notes to multiple people <laughs> during the week, and you wanted that to not happen as much. Exactly. So, um, but I think it worked out great. We, we so you chatted. Don't wish, we, you don't wish it would not have happened? No. I'm, I'm super glad that it did happen. I mean, I got to meet this super cool chick, you know. Um, <clears throat> we spent some really good times together, had some fun. Certainly the show is the better for it, so... So, you know, and uh, uh, I need to give her a call because we haven't really chatted for like a month or so. Well, there you go, Nikki. That was – I thought you that you brought up two really good reasons to not write crush notes, and then there was one really good reason to. <laughs> so what would your – what would your – what would – just as the, in the last sort of moments of this I love you chunk, what is it that you think crush notes create in the world? Why should there be more of them? Um, okay, I just think they're they're like – Okay, they're like vulnerable and fun and exciting and scary. They're like all these things. And it's just like creating this certain level of vulnerability between you and another person. And mm-hmm. it's like getting to the point. And I think it's really charming when women write them to men because it's like reclaiming that women can be the ones that initiate in this like really charming, cute way. Like, oh, by the way. And it's really empowering to write one, even if. They don't reciprocate in the way that you would ideally want, but like, they're really—I don't know—I like feel really good after I ever write one, even if it turns out weird. <laughs> now, we we have to go. We're out of time here, but but I, I wonder if you end up, you know, married or in a serious relationship or whatever, then doesn't that mean the end of you being allowed to write crush notes? Yeah. But I don't just—I just really don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, as long as you keep writing enough crush notes, it will, by definition, probably not happen, because you'll get into much trouble with the person you're right. currently with. I guess so. Um, well, Nikki, I think those are all very, very good points, and I think—I think what has to be said, though, is if we're all going to write more crush notes, I think that we then all would have to understand that sometimes someone saying "you look cute" in that jacket—it's just them saying "you look cute" in that jacket. Yeah. As opposed to, we're about to embark on a serious relationship. Yeah, I, I'm, I have, I've gotten the nerve up to do this because I have realized in my heart that you are the one I am meant for forever, <laughs> and only that empowers me enough to write this note because I think that that is still what is implied to mo- in the most crush notes because it is such a bold move. Right. That's fair. That is fair. Is so maybe you could print something up on the back of them. You could even <laughs> make make a rubber stamp so you don't have to write it out by hand every time. That's a good idea. So when they flip it, when they read that, you can customize the front of it, but the back will say, this crush note does not imply lifetime commitment from Maybe Nikki. just some fun kisses. And maybe not even that. <laughs> we'll see. When I see the other 95% of your body. <laughs> see, I feel, yep, yep. Okay, I'm going to think about that. That <laughs> would be helpful. Well, I, I, I th- Nikki, I think, that your, I think that your last little statement there about the vulnerability and about the this, this sort of... It's you, you, you strike at a lot of things that we try actively to not be around people, and it's probably why things aren't as great as they maybe could be or used to be mm-hmm. because we're all trying to be less vulnerable, vulnerable around each other. We're trying to be less honest. We're trying to be more cool and more whatever, and you're going against that, and I think that's very cool. Hey, thanks. I, I officially declare this. Hello,
uh, yet another success. That's like six, six, and six for six on this program. Nikki, thank you very much, and um, oh, stay stay warm over there. Okay, I will. Okay, tell update us when you write another one. Okay. I write. Okay. Good night. Bye. Nikki, we miss her. Where has she been? I know. I know she got married, right? She got married. Yes, Somewhere I think in Colorado? that's the last we heard. Nikki, if you're skier? listening, we want you on the show. Hell yeah! Did, was it the skier that she married? I don't think so. No, she she ended up working at, a, at somewhere in Breckenridge. So I I mean I think she was working at a ski resort or as a ski instructor or some sort of thing, and she met somebody down there. I don't know if Crush Note was involved. Maybe it maybe, maybe it was. But um, I want to ask you, Christy, at this point, being mm-hmm. the only girl here tonight. Yes. Uh, have you ever sent a crush note, and would you ever consider it? I would consider it. Um, I haven't sent an actual note, but I did do a crush text. But it it was a little bit different. Um, I basically said, I have a crush on you, and now I can never speak to you again. <laughs> that is kind of cute, actually, because you're backing off just as you're advancing, you know? Yes. So... See, see, here's here's kind of my problem with the crush note. I don't think a guy should ever send a girl a crush note, for, for one thing. Uh, Are you whether, sure? I would love to get one mm, from the right I, person. I would say, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like that uh, SNL video when Fred Armisen goes and hits on uh, the ladies, and it's a no-go, and he gets reported for sexual harassment. Yeah. And then Tom Brady comes in and does the same thing, and they're like, ooh, Tom yep. Brady. Mm-hmm. Guys – if you if you don't know a girl's into you, if you're not a hundred percent sure, don't do something like that. It, it's it's going to be terrible for you. If even if you don't get in trouble, it's going to be uncomfortable for yeah. her. Mm-hmm. And don't do that, guys. Don't do it. So what I'm saying is, um, guys sending crush notes, I'm not in favor of it. Girls, I'm still kind of shaky on it because, not that I ever would have gotten a crush note because I'm not good looking, but if I'd ever gotten a crush note, I would just be wondering. What is, what is my obligation? Right. Here? Are do I have to ask her on a date? Do I have to say thank you? Do I have to acknowledge it at all? Can we pretend it didn't happen? It's I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable. I was actually a little bit uncomfortable when this segment was playing. I think that's part of why it's so awesome is that quirkiness is sort of celebrated by TVTL and mm. the position that she's in. Uh, I. I really thought it was hilarious that she would be giving crush notes. But I agree with you, Mike. Guys giving crush notes generally ends in failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. oh, this guy's so creepy. Look what he gave me. Well, um, but I, I thought, I think if I got one, I would have reacted exactly the way that the guy did and just say, uh, no, I didn't read it. And then kind mm-hmm. of run away and never talk to her again. But only because I, like you said, not know what the next step is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what you're assuming when you send that is that, I guess what you're hoping for is that they are at the exact same level of of flirtiness as mm-hmm. you. But if you're not actually talking with someone or getting to know them, knowing what level of flirtiness you're on is is difficult to tell. You know, knowing what level of attraction there is difficult to tell. That's why I think there's no substitute for actually communicating with people, whether it is in person, on the telephone, or in writing. I mean, I, I'm i a pretty shy guy. I have a hard time talking to women sometimes. But if I can just get any kind of a conversation going and if I can get to know anything about them, 
and then I can start writing to them. I mean, if, if I didn't know how to write, I'd probably still be a virgin. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> well, I also think that it, that this clip kind of tells us the state of the world now because it's very calm. My friends that are out there in the dating world, it's very common for you to an exchange a phone number and instantly you get a dick pic. And that's a very different situation mm-hmm. than a crush note or I like you or maybe we exchange phone numbers or maybe we don't even text. We don't, most people maybe didn't mm-hmm. even have texting on their phones and it kind of just, it felt like old fashioned and I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. That part of it, I did enjoy. It is a little bit nostalgic because um, let's face it, guys get too aggressive in a hurry. Most guys get too aggressive and it makes women uncomfortable. And yeah, like I said, a crush note from a guy, no go. Mm-hmm. But Fireman Joe was my favorite of the crush notes because he got himself a crush note. He went in and got his <laughs> variably priced coffee, got himself a crush note. And then the next day he went to the other coffee place. I know. What an idiot. He was getting coffee for under $2, a giant iced thing with flavoring. <laughs> And did I make up that it was iced? I just imagined it being an iced drink, like a nice frosty beverage for under $2. Hey, I think he was super flattered by it. And he went, he went home and he told his girlfriend about it. And she said, don't you even think about going back there. (laughs) I've seen this Nikki because Nikki is very cute. She's very attractive. Very cute girl. Yep. So don't even, don't even go back to that place. If I see one more debit card purchase from that place, we're done. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Emily and I have, there you go. Have a drink. Emily and I have a, uh, she has an American express card that she piles up Delta miles on. So I have a copy of that card and whenever I'm buying stuff for her, I use it. And a lot of times I'm buying food or coffee Mm -hmm. or whatever for her. And it just pops up on her iPad or whatever as soon as I make the purchase and like, it's, uh, it's like, um, Pavlov's dog. It's like, Oh, my, my lunch is on the way, you know, <laughs> old, old clip clop. Just, just stop by little deli. Here comes the sandwich. Yeah. So yeah, she probably saw one of those. <laughs> she's probably saw that uh, he'd been going there and he got a crush note and said, Nope, that's it. I never see that place on my bill ever again. We were trying to, when Pape was here, we were trying to get him to go to one of Seattle's famous bikini barista drive through places. <laughs> 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 was not having that. <laughs> cash, cash, Bobby. Cash, always carry yeah, some cash. Exactly. But then when I explained to him that it's not bikinis, it's actually just pasties and G-strings, he got a lot more interested in going. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there was a place where I uh, lived and worked in Tukwila that uh, I drove by all the time. I never went there. I don't really drink much coffee and I didn't want to be seen going into one of those places, <laughs> but damned if I didn't crane my neck every right. time oh. I drove by that. Right. Drive by real, real slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have one by us that they have a drink. Their specialty drink up there now is called a stuffed cream pie. And Jeremy said, that's a $200 drink. You know, that's what that has to be. A, that has to be some kind of code. <laughs> Michael, did you kind of have a crush, a long distance crush on Nikki during these episodes that she was on the push up challenge she, and all this yeah. stuff, dates with Sean? She seemed like the, the type of girl that would I'd totally be into and wouldn't be into me. Mm-hmm. Kind of the real outdoorsy, <laughs> North facey, <laughs> like I couldn't keep yes. up with the height, you know, on a hike with type, type <laughs> gal. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she, 
you know, I just thought she was awesome for for doing it. it takes a special kind of person to uh, you know give a crush note. I've done it before, and it <laughs> was tell us, oh, tell yes. us just one time. Well, yeah, just one time. Uh, I when I was working in Korea, I uh, had just been uh, went to a new school, and there was a gal there, a French Canadian gal. She was really cute, and we started becoming friends, and um, we actually lived right down the hall from each other in the same building, and we agreed to, like, exchange keys, and um, because if, in case we got locked out, it was nothing, like, nothing suggestive or anything, but uh, she uh, she was quite charming, and I thought all my years of studying French and, you know, all the study abroad experience had come for this moment to mm-hmm. impress this gal and uh, wrote her a crush note, and it was on a postcard puzzle, so <laughs> you had to assemble it to get the message. Oh, and I gave it to her, and I said, you you know, read it later, but I made the mistake of including the key that we had agreed to exchange. So um, oh. there were she wanted to put it together right away, and she couldn't figure it out, so I tried to help her put it together, and then she read it, and saw the key, and she's putting two and two together, and she took it as, like, oh, my, my, you know, I'm open for business sort of thing, and uh, she didn't talk to me for a while. So it was bad timing, right? That that was really just bad timing. The crush note might have worked, but the the inference that you were now... (laughs) So then we, uh, we we had a vacation planned for the staff the following week, and turned, there was another guy that that was going who also had a big crush on her and it turned out to be a really bad episode of eliminate and i was oh, no. we were both eliminated <laughs> so oh you both got yeah eliminated. i mean did she, did she hook up with anyone over there you know she, they, they came pretty close it was awkward because it was just the three of us and we the trip was already paid for and planned to the beach and she uh, they were getting along pretty well and i was kind of the third wheel and it was uh-huh. awkward because I had already told her that I was interested. And I could uh-huh. tell things that were going that direction. Well, the the guy, the other guy, he started drinking and became a different person. And they get they ended up getting in a big argument. She she tripped and broke her foot on the beach. And he just, he left her there. It was oh, really, no. really <laughs> awkward. And they got in such a big argument, he didn't even want to stay the rest of the weekend so it was just me and her and it was weird at that point i wanted to be respectful and just know that i wasn't trying to jump her bones or anything did did you apologize for the note no no i stand by the note good i was very uh do you remember what it said you know i i remember exactly what it was but um did, did you agonize over it no no i was just really embarrassed no i mean did you agonize over what you were going to write in the note like, did it take hours or did you just dash something off? Say, oh, it probably, it probably took hours just because it was on a postcard puzzle. And right. yeah. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that part. I forgot so, about that And I think the there needlessly was... Needlessly uh, complicated crush note. That, you, you said the world's first needlessly complicated crush note. Yes. And there was some talk also of um, around that time on TBTL about uh, tape mixtapes. You know, Sean mm-hmm. was going through his, you know, the mixtape tape thing. And I remember part on part of the card, there was a song list of songs that I that I had sent her in, in an email, um, like digital tracks. And they were all, of course, um, 
like cool music that I'd picked up from TBTL. Because <laughs> I'm not one to really. Hey, my own Michael, music. you got you got to cobble together your game from whatever you can, man. I I respect you. Yeah. So, I I would thought, oh, you know, she's gonna think I'm have decent music taste, <laughs> but anyway, it went over like a lead balloon. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I feel bad about that, but I mean the the thing that I like though is that um, Nikki was so cute and bubbly, and she would so much be welcome here with us. But I like how you heard her on the on TBTL several times, and you immediately, in your mind, put her into an unsuccessful relationship with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, that that's part of the problem why I'm single and why I've been on TBTL with episodes about dating. I guess yeah. is because I'm I'm always going after the one that the one that probably wouldn't be that interested in me. Yeah. Your feet are on the ground, but you're reaching for the stars. Yeah. It's part of it is um, being a Christian guy, like, uh, but a sort of a world traveler type Mm -hmm. is that with Christians, you either get someone who is um, pretty um, confident about their beliefs and they're not really challenged very often, or or you get, you know, that's generally what you get. Most most ladies, it's like if they're they're not Christians, and I'm like too conservative and too Christian. And if they're if they're Christians, and I'm too worldly. So, well, Christy, did you have anything else about the clip? I don't think so. It was so great, though. Crushed him, I crushed him. How awesome is that? I've definitely had in my life crushed him. Yeah. Yes, people that like they they cut they normally come in on a certain night, and if they don't, you're like, oh. I know. <laughs> right. Where, where is she this Thursday? <laughs> and who's that guy? You know, when they show up with someone. I thought Luke's advice was on point for, uh, you know, writing a, a warning on there about, you know, this is just a crash or not nothing. Right. 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 Like a, a boilerplate. Yeah. <laughs> disclaimer. That's right. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. Um, I'm not dangerous. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to send you or hand you a dick pic. I guess back in the, back then you would just hand back them then, a dick pic. I guess handed just, them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> eight by ten glossy. <laughs> the most flattering one you can you can come yeah. up with. Well, oh, I was gonna say I definitely gave away many uh free lattes to customers mm-hmm. in my day. Yeah, I I also liked Luke said this also doesn't obligate us to a relationship because you could. She could have this crush because, you know, she said she'd only seen his face. Like, she hadn't even seen his mouth yet and also never talked to him, really. So he could have just been a giant douche, right? Yeah. And that doesn't mean that she still has a crush on him. <laughs> so I like I like putting the disclaimer on it. Yeah, that was a really cute one. <clears throat> that was probably the best the best one I've ever heard. But, um, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. I, you You might be the most interesting and diverse guest that we've had and we definitely wanted to have a guy on because christy's so tired of me dragging these almost age appropriate ladies into into the program just so i can uh, flirt with them so thank you again for coming on and and we will um we will uh be looking forward to hearing what you think of orange is the new black because now you have an assignment yeah no i have to watch it
Here's how to get involved with the show. The website is littleredbandwagon.com. Go there, fill out the form, and you can end up on the show just like Michael did. He uh, he had a very interesting submission, and uh, I just picked it out, thought he'd be a great guy to talk to, and look how it turned out. Great fella. Facebook, go to the Stens page, or preferably our page. It's much nicer. If you need to see posts on our page that aren't done by Little Red Bandwagon, just click on Post to Page on the left side, and you can see what people are posting there. Personal Twitters, I'm at Drew McFrizz. Christy is at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. And my wife is at Joy Stealer, and she's hilarious. Um, I'm tired of retweeting her, so just follow her. <laughs> our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And the voicemail is 802 432 TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And apparently you can leave text there as well. And we will be playing your uh, voicemails and we would read any text if you send them to us. <laughs> Christy, let's keep some house. What do you got? All right. The TBTL picnic, August 19th at Chateau Saint-Michel in the beautiful Woodenville, Washington. Pick me up if you see me driving. I mean, walking on the side of the road. Um <laughs> <laughs> and Christy, is there a temperature? Is there a temperature at which that would not happen, though? That I would not walk. Yeah. No. Eighty-five, ninety. No, no, I'm good. I walk around. Um, we have, if you walk three laps around our building, it's a mile, and I usually do that in the ninety-degree heat. So uh -huh. I'm good. Okay, good. Glad <laughs> to hear. Yeah, pick her up, people. What's wrong with you? Yep. <laughs> Mike, we wanted Jeremy to come on and talk about the archive project, but why don't you summarize it for us? Okay. I'm glad he's not coming on, actually. I really don't <laughs> like that guy. But he had a pretty good idea for this this project. The uh, Infinite Guest and My Northwest have both taken cracks at archiving TBTL, and it's not great. And they don't seem too motivated to fix it um, or improve it, so we're going to do it. Uh, we, you get the archive you deserve. And in, in our case, we're going to get a great archive because we deserve it. And we all, we need your help. We need you to go to our little red bandwagon page. There's a, um, there's a post where you can click and you can help us out. What we're going to need you to do is, uh, we'll just, uh, assign you some TBTL episodes and there's a form that you'll fill out as you listen to them and you submit that. And we will, um, there'll be a lot of features on there like searchable terms and, and segments and you'll be able to once we're finished with this it'll be much easier for everyone to navigate the archives and we get so many questions all the time where's this where's that well it'll be easy once we get this done but we do need your help so jeremy's a bad person with a good idea and i say let's let's <laughs> not let my beef with him get in the way of something that could be really really good so that's uh that's a spill on the project and we're going to keep talking about it so get used to it <laughs> Producer Bobby here. Christy and Mike were too busy hating Jeremy to record their outros for this episode. So, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Nailed it. I thought we were going to get through one show without me crying or getting hungry, and it just never seems to happen. <laughs>